We had a little bit more of than I thought we would, though. This one will require some shopping. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Welcome to Wine and Cheese, a podcast where we pair up cheesy movies with whiny emo records. We sure do. I'm Joey. And I'm Mike. And this week we're going to be talking about uh, the whiniest and the, and the cheesiest. I almost said corniest. Uh, we're talking to be <laughs> that talking applies about, to. <laughs> uh, we're talking about a classic, Keeping the Faith, with Edward Norton and uh, Ben Stiller. And Dharma from Dharma and Greg. Yeah, I can't remember her name. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> and then uh, the record we're going to be talking about is The Moon is Down by uh, by Further Seems Forever. Yeah. And the, the, the commonality being the Lord. <laughs> the, lo- the, <laughs> the Lord and Lord Savior. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into it, have you been listening to anything, anything good lately? Um, so I think I mentioned I started listening to the... Duplass Brothers audiobook on the last episode. I finished that. That was really good. It's rate, nice and short. It's like a six and a half hours. Rate it one to ten. Um, I'd give it like a, I'd give it like a solid like eight and a half probably. Oh, damn. All I right. mean, like I think it helps that I was already a fan of theirs. Yeah. I, mean, I think it might be a little weird if you weren't and you just listen to it. But it's like a, it's also just a good story of two brothers and like they're growing up and they're like weirdly close relationship, like so yeah. close. Yeah, totally. Um. And then I've been really rocking that new culture abuse record, dude. I know, I know one person who doesn't like it, and I like harassed him about it. I saw him on Saturday, and I just like put him on blast the whole time. It's the best album. He's I've ever wrong. Heard. Yeah, it's so good. Like That's, I didn't even expect to like it as much as I did because I didn't, I didn't really love the the second new song when it came out as like okay. an individual song, like "Be Kind of Bugs." Oh, I wasn't yeah. like super sold on it, or maybe it was "Calm E." Call Me was the first one. I that think. was the first, the first one. They released, yeah. Well, I get it mixed up because So Busted is not on the record, Mm-mm. but that song's great too. Mm-hmm. It might have been Call Me. Um, call Me, Call Me, Call Me, Call Me. But in the context of the record, it's so good. I, I heard, I didn't know they were releasing the record on Friday. I didn't know it was coming out so soon. I didn't, neither did I. I thought it was just never coming out because yeah. it seemed like it have been working on it for forever. <laughs> I know. And I heard that song California Speedball at work and I said out yeah. loud, this is the best song I've ever heard. Like, I listened to the record three times at work yesterday like i just yeah yeah by the time by the time we were recording this episode the record has been out less than a week and i've listened to it like seven times yeah it's so straight up i love it i I listened we went to the poconos on saturday i listened to it three times on the way there i listened to it (laughs) on the way to doylestown and back i've been to two record shops to buy it they both already were sold out of it really well i I need to get a copy too for sure yeah same but uh that band is so good I think that's secretly what they've wanted to do, kind of all along. Yeah, and they had to like pump the brakes a little bit on their on their punk and hardcore. Well, roots and a I think bit. you and I were talking about it a little yeah. bit. Like maybe they might have. Uh, I don't know this if, if this is true or not, but they might have just like recorded it with somebody else or had it produced by somebody else that mm-hmm. like fits the sound more like what they are wanting to do now. It seems yeah. like, but they're just so good at it, and it's not like a super big departure from what they were doing. It just. Mm-hmm like sonically sounds a little bit different like executed a little bit differently lovey-dovey pop songs like summer songs i I, looked up who the producer was and it was someone i recognized it's like i want to say it's like someone from i don't know i also did a lot of research on the two albums metallica (laughs) yeah i also did a lot of research on the album we're talking about today and it's yeah or the next one we're gonna do or something i don't know it bleeds through (laughs) for sure And, and i mean 
I can't just stress enough how good the culture abuse yeah. record is. It's so good. Welcome to the culture abuse podcast. What have, what have, what have you been listening to, Mark? So that's number one. <laughs> <laughs> number two is actually the new Dark Thoughts. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, at I all. haven't heard it yet. Philly pop punk band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the last one was pretty good. It's pretty like it, it's. I bet they recorded it almost the same way. It seems really like right in line with what the other one was, but it's really good. Cool, nice, catchy poppy choruses and stuff. I'll have to check it out. What's it on? Yeah. Like Bandcamp. It's on Bandcamp. Yeah, it's not on Spotify or anything yet. Okay, cool. it was definitely on Bandcamp. Awesome. Yeah. Shout them out. Uh, they, I think it's like pay what you want. Give them, cool. a, bu- give them a buck or two for the album. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Check yeah. them out. Yeah, they're great. Um, and you know what else is great? <laughs> the vocal stylings of Chris Caraba. <laughs> oh, Chris Caraba. Maybe like the poster boy for the wine portion of this podcast. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think we'll probably be, I don't, I don't want to talk about Dashboard too much because of that. That yeah. fits. Like I feel like we'll have, end up doing a Dashboard episode for well, sure. Dashboard episode, yeah. sure. So I'll, I'll bite my tongue on some of the comments there. But. <laughs> I might have like a like one or two notes about that as well. But I mean, we could just like touch on it a little bit. Yeah, we could. But uh, but should we? Well, we. I think a good way to always start the record portion of this out is what's your like history with this band or this record? So this is the first one I heard. Uh, people used to have Get File on AIM. Ooh, Get File. Yeah, and I, I definitely that. downloaded like this, and I think maybe their second one, How to Start a Fire, was out by then too. Okay. Each one of their first three albums has like a different singer. Yeah, I didn't know that they had more than two singers. I thought they only yeah. had two, like so, Chris Caraba and not Chris Caraba. They had Jason Gleason for the second one, and he was kind of like a popular emo dude back in the day. And then the third one, they had the guy from Sensefield. Yeah. Like John Bunch, I think his name is yeah. or something like that. I actually. Are you sure it's not flipped that John Bunch isn't the second guy? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Yeah. Either way. Um, but I think the f- way I first heard of them, so I downloaded the albums through Get Filed, but I think the way I first heard of them was there was a song called The Sound, and I think it was on like okay. Take Action, one of the compilations. You know, okay. Like the Take Action comp. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, uh, like Plea for Peace and stuff, yeah. those comps. Yeah. yeah. Hello, this is Ryan Premack from Poison the Well. <laughs> Suicide is the leading cause of... That, that yeah, thing, yeah, that, that, yeah, that for sure. Yeah. Um, I had... I think I I definitely owned this CD, mm-hmm. like the physical CD. I like the back album in the art. Day. The album art's cool. And um, what I I was gonna say, what I like about the album art, especially, is that the first song starts with a sample of an airplane. Yes, it does. <laughs> and for, there's airplanes for, on the cover for people for whoever hasn't looked at it. Yeah, um, purple, purple, nice purple haze. It's got like a really just it's like like the white bar with the font it's on the it. Classic like, early two thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Fun fact about these guys is they recorded a Weezer cover of Say It Ain't So for a compilation in 2002, so they're spiritually connected to our second episode. You're correct. That's (laughs) right. I didn't listen to that, but they do another cover (laughs) that I found. It's their second most popular song on Spotify. Is it from Punk Goes Pop? It certainly is. It's a cover (laughs) of NSYNC's Bye Bye Bye. Did you listen to it? I did not listen to it. I never got into like the Punk Goes Rap, Punk Goes Metal. Those are so stupid. Yeah. But I listened (laughs) to this one a couple days ago, and it's about as bad as you can imagine. It's like, ugh. Do they they try and make it like emo-ish? They they have like breakdowns and shit. It's weird, man. Weird. I think it's it's definitely one of the later singers era of Further Seems Forever. Gotcha. It's just well, like sucks. unnecessarily heavy, and it's just like the ironic cover is so is so played out. Yeah. Um. Well, that kind of goes back to like their roots. I think the guitarists are from that band Strong Arm because they're from Florida. So they yeah. they were in. With, I think like, they formed right Rude. after the breakup of Strong Arm. Yeah. I read. Yeah. Um. Ooh. <laughs> Cracking <laughs> nice open up a cold kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
But yeah, so so there are other albums like How to Start a Fire and Hide Nothing are actually kind of cool, I think. I can think of like one song off of each album. I remember I bought Hide Nothing because I liked this album a lot. I, I, liked, like, uh, I liked The Moon is Down a lot, so I yeah. bought the other one. And like, I don't know, they get a little more Christian and anthemic. And I think, it just wasn't those. the same. Like, no. it, like even the music didn't really seem like the same band anymore. Yeah. And maybe it was the pr- like the production or whatever, Could have been. but yeah, yeah, it was just like heavier and yeah. I also think Chris Carabo's vocals are such a big part of it for me too that it's like kind of tough when he's not in it. I think his vocals are much more suited to this style of music than Dashboard because really? it's just like I think so because he can like belt it out a little more. Yeah, because in Dashboard he just does like the little whiny kind of thing during the verse and then he like belts it out for the chorus. that's like, true yeah. every song and i don't know I, this kind of this like kind of just belts it all the time which <laughs> yes. is like his kind of like his strong suit really yeah i feel like I he wish, should have been on that show glee true i wish i could be i don't even know which band i heard first if it was further seems forever or dashboard i wish i could be cool and definitely know that it was further seems forever but i don't know like yeah um i also one wonder, definitely led me to the other whichever way it went right i also wonder if I realized it was the same guy, yeah, I, I, that's I, true. I, I probably didn't know there was a connection at first. Yeah, um, this record pretty good, not as great as I remember it being. There are some duds. There are certainly some duds, and they kind of like lead with what I feel is the strongest song, which is the title track. The moon is down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that song I, is pretty good. That's your favorite one on the album. It's up there. I think that. Um, I wrote down that the song Wearing Thin is pretty good, too. That's that, a good one. That is the one that I played for the intro. That's like the song that I connect with this band. I, yeah. I bet I listen really? to that song like five times as much as all the other ones. I think okay. that's their best. For that sure. song is awesome. That I think maybe really I just good. needed to listen like to like the isolated that track yeah. more. But sure. that song's good. I think like the Snowbirds and Townies. That one's so cool. That one's cool. Yeah. That's definitely like some dashboard foreshadowing, though. It's like, yeah, it's like a standout one. It makes me think uh, they use the word Townies a lot in the book uh, Rules of Attraction. Okay. For some reason, I always when I see that title, I think of like Rules of Attraction. Right, right. Um, which also it's like a bratty kind of book. It like fits the tone of this yeah. a lot. Well, maybe we should not have the done movie the though. Movie. No, <laughs> they botched the movie. No, I don't care. Whoa, uh, <laughs> Vanderbeek, bite your tongue. Um. Yeah. Did this come out on Tooth and Nail? That's a very good question. I don't know. I looked at the Tooth and Nail discography, but I didn't write down a single one of their releases. (laughs) I was hoping that my memory could uh, assist me there, but they Tooth and Nail records put out so much. Like, so what are what are some big things off Tooth and Nail? I know that's like a Christian one, right? That is. Label. Well, I think they like identify as a band that's not a christian band but they have christian members that's what they said on wikipedia so I, I read that oh really yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> except it, well it was like they don't identify as a christian band but people in the band are christian they have christian lyrics right. uh and like two other connections <laughs> but drink. it's like but we're not a christian band we're a right. band of christian people <laughs> like like um who's the other band that tri- reliant k would do that like yeah. oh, there are mxpx i think they do all right the same so this thing. leads me to my next thing i wanted to quiz you okay can you name me five Christian emo bands other than Further Seems For Other and Reliant K and MXPS since you already said them? Oh, damn. Well, now I'm at like a disadvantage. Um, <laughs> I, I'll give you one of those if you're struggling okay. at the end. I honestly don't know if I can. Under Oath? Yeah. I, I mean, that I was, I was going to say or emo adjacent for okay. sure. Under okay. Oath, definitely. All right, cool. Um, Norma Jean? Are they emo? Eh, I'll give it to you, I guess. I guess I'm more into the the spiritual. You're into the heavier bands. stuff for sure. <laughs> Me without you. Um, I mean, they're certainly a Christian band. 
I would say they definitely have emo leanings. <laughs> we'll just, go with it. I'm just going with like all the. It's really bending all set. the answers here. Um. Ooh, that might be it. Really? Yeah. Give me, give me some more. So here's some others me, I had. Give me some more. <laughs> here's some others I had written down. Surely there's more, but surely we got MXPX, Reliant K, and Berlin. Oh, they're Christian. That's right. Yeah. Early Paramore, the first record. Oh, okay. Um, their new their new record is actually really cool. It's not new anymore, it is cool. but I yeah, listened after, to it. Was it called After Laughter? Yeah, Remember it is this? actually. Yeah. yeah, that one's good. Hard um, times. Switchfoot. Okay. But they're like more. They're more like. Uh, they're like Breaking Ben. Like contemporary rock. I don't even know <laughs> yeah. what you would call them. Fuel. Um, Juliana Theory. Okay, yeah. Who I, I should have known that. That's emo a, Game that's alumni. Emo Game alumni. Um, also, Disney Channel's Superheroes. Really? They have a song in like that movie, Motocrust. That's on oh. top of the world. I, I have no clue what you're talking about. Uh, that band Emery. Remember oh, them? Walls. They did that song, Walls. <laughs> that, I just watched that music video the other day. Is it cool? We went down like Does an emo up? rabbit hole at my house the other night. <laughs> I wonder um, why. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, Five Iron Frenzy. <laughs> Do you remember that? What is that? They were like a weird joke Scott band. Uh, and Slick Shoes. I had them too. Slick Shoes is Christian? Yeah. No way. They definitely okay. put out, I want to say they definitely put out a handful of stuff on Tooth and Nail Records. Dang. But I like Tooth and Nail did Me Without You mm-hmm. and some of those other, they definitely did some oh. of the MXPX stuff and Reliant K stuff, I think too, and Amberlin. Can I get off on a technicality, the chariot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Just keep it going. Um, yeah, I definitely did didn't realize a couple of those bands were christian bands yeah it's wild um have you seen oh here's, a, here's something that i wrote is did chris caraba sell his soul to the devil for success maybe <laughs> because dashboard blew up oh we don't have to get into it but they blew up they did blow up also because of this podcast i'm now getting ads for the dashboard confessional all-time low tour coming up this <laughs> summer on spotify really <laughs> i listen to spotify and it's just like are you going to see Dashboard Confessional and all-time low this summer? You're like, well, I might as well, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Guess we got to do it for the cast. <laughs> um, I like the way this album's recorded, though. The guitars yeah. are kind of, like, twangy and, and, and nice and smooth. And the drums, like, that dude hits his drums really hard. I don't yeah. know if you noticed that. But I, like, I, I didn't, but you mentioned it earlier, too. But uh, And it just sounds so full, too, yeah. which is really refreshing. The one thing is, like, most of the songs don't have a bridge or, like, a lull at all. They yeah. just are steady. They straight, just go. They just go until they can't go anymore, and they just stop. It's like, like I think they could really benefit from, like, a nice Blink-182, like, slow, pretty bridge kind of thing. Yeah. Because then when it comes back in full, his vocals are so big. Like that. Yeah, I think maybe some more, cool. like, uh, I don't know, catchiness to it or something. Not really that, but, like, just, like you said, the stru- mix up the structure a little bit. Yeah. There are two songs that I blend together a lot. I, there are actually a lot of the songs in this record kind of blend together, but Mona Chetty mm-hmm. and Madison Prep, I think it's called, yeah, are Madison like back Prep. to back. Yeah. And they both have, I think they both sound like a lot alike, but one of them has a really cool chorus. That's the part of the record that kind of like just sounds like one big song to yeah. me. Yeah. I think like it might be like two, three, four, like three, four, five or something yeah, like that. Something yeah, something like that. Um, what's the, how's the chorus go that you're thinking of? I can't even tell you. Cool. I can, let me see. I'll find it. I have, <laughs> I have the music on my phone for a reason. Uh, I'll see if it's on Madison Prep. Oh yeah, this one. Repetition. I feel like this is even one of the better songs from what I yeah. remember. There are ones that are kind of like faster and more up tempo. Seem to be cool, but yeah. like. Let's just play like Snowbirds and Townies now, for example. Like, this is like the slow dance, emo prom slow dance right here. <laughs> they probably do it at those emo prom nights or whatever. I would, I would bet money. This is cool that you're right. It has like foreshadowing of, of dashboard. Absolutely, like 
And there's not too many slow jams on the record either. No, you're right. But that's that one's really good. Yeah. Um, let me see. What else? Oh, uh, Pictures of Shorelines. I said that was kind of like a sleeper. I don't really... I don't remember that one very well from when I was younger. Is that later on? Yeah, that's like toward the end. Nice pick slide. Yeah. So I guess it's I guess this is totally like my predilection for the faster, more like punky emo stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. There's like primer for that. Yeah. I mean this is definitely akin to like movie life oh, and oh, lifetime yeah. and stuff. Like yeah. songs like that song just they like have a lot of similarities pick slides like in walking on glass yeah wow. <laughs> exactly oh man um their first song not on this record was a song called vengeance factor have you heard that song no. wait the say that one more time vengeance factor no it was on a comp called like something something emo diaries volume four Ooh. or something but that song is like maybe better than any other track on this record you no should way. you should check that out when you okay. get the chance but uh i will check that out i mean I this record's still pretty solid talking about it makes me appreciate it a little bit more i think yeah, actually I, I i also didn't know i guess a lot of bands around this time would do like the hidden track thing oh, i didn't yeah, realize there was a hidden this. track yeah it's like an acoustic it's just them talking and like whispering and i tried to te- like write out what they were saying <laughs> one guy says like i think he says you want some gin and tonic excuse me pardon me hey that's good and there's like doors opening and closing. It's really okay. strange. Interesting. I, the the hidden track has a title, but I can't remember what it is. Like it's all it was like on the Wikipedia uh, okay. or something. Was it on the back of the CD, which you definitely pro- still have in your car? Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I can't remember. Um, yeah, I don't even know if it was on the CD. I think it was like one of those things. Or no, if it's on the CD. There's bonus songs on like the import version or something oh, okay. I read. But um. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool record. Have you seen what Chris Caraba looks like now? No, I'm going to bring him up on my phone real quick. Dude, uh, everybody talking. listening, do yourself a favor and look up Chris Caraba 2018 or 2017 or something. I don't know what is it he... is, but he looks so much different. I feel like he's going to be wearing like makeup and he's going to be like jacked or something. I don't know. No, I mean, like his build is kind of similar. He's got like a bit of a tighter haircut, but uh... I think it might be the combination of like age and no sideburns that he's makes him look so strange he's now. He's a lot of tats. Has he always had tats? I think so. He definitely had some back in the day. He's got like slicked back like rockabilly hair. Too. Yeah, he's got more rockabilly hair. He looks like he maybe had plastic surgery. He, so that's what I was kind of thinking, like makeup or like Botox or something. Yeah, that, that yeah Botox. Out. Gotta stay young forever, dude. That's been like a topic of discussion lately Yeah, for me. Chris Caraba Botox? Yeah. Scandal? I just look <laughs> Scandal. I just look it up every day. Yeah. Like Twitter. Come hashtag on, Chris Caraba Botox scandal. Oh, no new post? Are you kidding? You got a Google alert for it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, um, I could not find a Pitchfork review okay. for this. Is there like a... Ooh, let's do the... Is I this band on, emo? I will be very surprised if this band is Oh, do that. Okay. In the meantime, I did look it up on allmusic.com. Okay. And they gave it like a four out of five. It's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. I would give it something similar when I was younger. <laughs> I yeah, don't know, I, I think don't know so that I would too. Now. I mean, out of well, what, out of ten, what would you give it now? Out of ten, I'd give it a good six. Seven. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe it's, like it's more bad or more good than bad, I should say. Yeah, it's certainly more good than bad. It's definitely not like unlistenable. Um, yeah. I would give it like a probably like a six and six or six and a half or something. Yeah, maybe not a seven, but right, a seven feels a little generous. Yeah, but it's good. Yeah, it's fine. Um, according to Is This Band Emo, Further Seems Forever is an emo band. Wow. There you go. Hard they were it. on the Emo Diaries Volume 4. That's true. So, yeah. And Chris Carabo was in Emo Game. Yeah. So there you go. Certainly was. Um, 
I don't have a whole lot of other stuff to say about this band other than I actually kind of enjoyed going back and listening to it. Yeah, me too. It was cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like The Moon Is Down is a song that comes up like in my life once in a while. I'm just like, oh, I haven't heard that song in a while. I remember yeah. that. And maybe every time I see like Dashboard mentioned, I'm like, oh, I want to go listen to that one song real quick. <laughs> okay. But, and do yourself uh, a favor and listening, listen to Wearing Thin instead, because that song, I think it's better. So good. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, all right. Well, while we transition, should we just toss on a little bit of The Moon Is Down for our, for our faithful listeners? Yeah, why not? All right, cool. We'll be back in a bit. Oh, faithful listeners. That was good. <laughs> I was thinking like a nice brie or a gouda, something <laughs> something kind of creamy and something light. Um, yeah. But no, our cheese for the week is the 2002 question mark? 2000. 2000. The 2000 masterpiece, Keeping the Faith. Directed by <sighs> Sir Edward Norton. His only directorial <laughs> uh, bout. Yeah. Uh, Has he done anything since? He might have had like one other thing, but it was like not even of note. It was like a short or something. Yeah, something like that. Because I think I read as of 2015, it was his only directorial <laughs> bout. I, I mean, after this, <laughs> I would, word. If I, after this, I would give up, yeah. too, to be honest. Same. Um, before all that, have you seen anything cool lately? Um, I've just kind of been watching movies with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. Uh, and I've uh, just been watching like wrestling and stuff. But, so nothing... I haven't really been like squeezing many other movies in there, so I've just been yeah. watching TV, wrestling, stuff like that. Nothing crazy. I've been going back through Twin Peaks, so I just I finished season one and two, and mm-hmm. went back and watched Firewalk with me. And then they did um, David Lynch pretty recently did like a, a roundup of the deleted scenes and things, or in like extended scenes. Oh, and it's called The Missing Pieces. Where can you see that? Um, I theoretically would have uh downloaded it maybe um okay that's what you would have done i downloaded it <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't find it anywhere um i think it's only on the box set or something like that so it's oh, really the blu-ray box by. set yeah i got that it's probably on there the whole thing like the seasons one and two in the movie yeah oh then you've got it i think cool yeah check I, it out. I, I don't always go in for the supplemental stuff yeah, like, like when i watch features. it the first time again and then i m- might revisit it later or just not yeah but it's probably on there i should probably check it out I have the the new season, and that has a ton of special features, but I haven't been able to dig into that yet. Oh, I didn't I, even realize they released that, but it makes oh, yeah. sense that okay. they did. Got it for my birthday. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Thanks, Mike's Mom. Um, I also saw Hereditary, which you haven't seen yet, so I'm just going to stop talking right there That's and just fine. say you should go see it. It's really great. Maybe uh, two episodes from now I will have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not next one, <laughs> if I were to guess. Um, so long so, the time. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, keep the faith, man. <laughs> um in the opening credits, I could already tell it was going to be a long movie. Yeah. The opening credits are, like, slow, and the music's corny, and here's a clip from the opening scene, just to give you a little little palate cleanser. If I was to tell you that I love you, and that I'd throw it all away to be with you, 
what you say to me. Good night, Polly. Yeah, there are people upstairs listening to uh, the live <laughs> version of the the Tom Tom Club from the Talking Heads DVD. I think oh, I can't even tell what it is. <laughs> uh, you probably can't even hear it on the, on the mic. I'll try and turn it up for you guys. But uh, that is quite a quite an opening scene too. Yeah, it's like he's just washed up yeah. at that point. Uh, it reminds me a lot. There's an opening scene in the movie Hardball where like Keanu Reeves is praying at the altar in the beginning. It's like, what are you looking for, son? Forgiveness? And he, and he goes. I'm looking for the bulls to cover the spread. <laughs> it's like this weird, also, <laughs> religious awesome. thing. Yeah, I, I have watched just that opening scene a lot recently. Um, I'm going through some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one, I mean, that's the the way this movie is set up is definitely like a rom-com trope. I think this is like the quintessential of these kind of movies. Yeah, I think this movie is like, they want Edward Norton wanted to make the next when Harry met Sally or yeah. something up to that effect. It's almost like um, along came Polly, which I've yeah. never, I don't know that I've seen it, but I think that's I mean it exactly definitely just like falls it. in that like or like if you've got mail sort yep. of thing or yeah. something like that. But just it just doesn't hit the mark really like at doesn't. all like on the comedy. The comedy is weird. A lot of the comedy is like. It'll pan to someone who's not in the scene, and they'll say some weird shit. And yeah, like some I don't know, like a non sequitur, or like the Jewish trading cards, the Jewish baseball cards. That was thing. like and maybe like, my favorite bit, yeah. actually. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was like a like a fun screwball element to an otherwise pretty stale movie. Yeah, like, and it's bad that that's like one of the funnier <laughs> things the in the movie. Things. Yeah. Um, There's also the classic Ben Stiller basketball scene. Oh, he does play basketball <laughs> a lot, doesn't he? He does. Um, had you seen this movie before? No, I, I don't either. think I've ever heard of it. Me neither, but I was talking about it with a friend of the show, Eric. Oh, Eric. Um, and he had seen it. And he's. <laughs> I think he said something to the effect of like, uh, I have an issue with that movie or something very bizarre like that. Yeah. So, Eric, if you're listening... We're all right in. in. Yeah. Tell us about it. Or just text us. I, or just text us. I don't think we have like a call little, in. Yeah. Oh, give us a call, dude. Yeah, give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear this, we'll air it a couple weeks from now. Yeah, exactly. Um, it felt like kind of improv at one point, but I know it wasn't. <laughs> you don't think so? I mean, I, I, I could, could see been. maybe some of the Ben Stiller, Ed Norton stuff yeah. being a and little that is looser. The stuff that felt that way. Yeah. Um, it's so fun. So, have you seen the movie They Came Together, the David Wayne movie? With um with Paul Rudd and yes I have and Amy Poehler yeah 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 that yeah. movie's amazing it hits the it's it like makes fun of this style of movie perfectly because it, like it it's just like New York was just as much of a character in this movie as we like that <laughs> yeah. whole thing it's just yeah <laughs> well, this movie definitely stuff. does that yeah and like uh, the idea of like the New York business person like her um what's her I, she's I, like tomboy turned straight business yeah. person. I wrote Dharma somewhere. Dharma. <laughs> I got it here somewhere. What her name? Jenna Elfman. Oh, and then her character's name is like Anna. Anna. Anna Banana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I wrote it down. Uh, did you catch the cool David Wayne cameo? Actually, so I was. I should have brought that up a second ago. That would have been great. But that yeah, was nice. His name. I hang on. I, I wrote down his name in the movie too. He has like a. Uh, he references the Spice Channel, <laughs> or maybe it's like no. He they're talking about Sodom and Gomorrah in church. Yeah. And then he like chimes in and says something, and then I think Ben Stiller says something along the lines of like, "So and so has been watching a little too much of the Spice Channel," <laughs> he's which 
yeah. I was just going to say, which like the referencing the Spice Channel definitely dates a movie too. It, it died almost immediately after this movie <laughs> came out. I'm going to guess it probably. Okay. Uh, David Wayne's character's name is Steve Posner. Okay. <laughs> As I say, it looks like Steve's been watching too much of the Spice Channel. Yeah, something like that. Um, um, also, Anna almost kissed that woman on the mouth, and they kept that take. Uh, in church, she goes in for a hug. I think it's with like Ma, uh, Mrs. Uh, Anne Bancroft, I think her name is Mrs. Robinson, like the the mom in the movie. That's like oh, Ben Stiller's mom. Yeah. Oh, okay. She goes in for a hug, and she almost kisses her on the mouth, and they just like keep that. They take. Just keep it's super it. Weird. Yeah, it just seemed natural or something. Why not? Um, what do you think this movie's rating on Rotten Tomatoes is? Unless you already have it written down. I think I saw it when I was reading Wikipedia. It's like pretty pretty high. Mm-hmm. It's like a sixty eight or something. Sixty nine. Like oh, what? That's crazy. Sixty nine, dude. Hey. Uh, <laughs> but I was I wrote sixty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and then I put five question marks. That's like yeah, that's a lot, man. Um, that is, I would give it like <laughs> maybe like a twenty percent. If I that. gave it. A 1.5 out of 5, I think, on Letterboxd. Which, I think which, I might have given it like, like a 2. A 30, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Give it like a yeah. 40, yeah. Um, also, it's written by the dude that wrote The Girl Next Door and like some of the Stella shorts, like the David oh. Wayne, Michael Black, Michael Ian Black, and Michael Showalter stuff. Really? So the dude's funny. Interesting. This is just a Maybe he hasn't quite hit his stride yet. By 2000, <laughs> though? I don't know. Like He should have been writing comedies, not whatever this thing is. One bit I really liked was when they're doing like the, the montage of... Um, the little kids, like when they're when they now when they meet up and they do like some kind of montage of each of their sermons, and then the more like packed and crowded their sermons get, yeah, and then they meet up in the street, uh-huh. and it's when they first refer to themselves as the God Squad, and they're both wearing all black and uh, sunglasses. Do you remember what song starts playing when they high five? I sure do, and we're gonna go into the soundtrack after that. <laughs> go ahead and go ahead and tell the people. It's uh the. <laughs> <laughs> Santana featuring Rob Thomas classic smooth. smooth and that part actually made me laugh yeah. like that was maybe the only like I well, lol like I think it was meant to be cool but it's just so funny I think then it was maybe meant to be cool or yeah. unironic but yeah. now it's just like so funny and I was like damn I bet if like if I had scored this movie <laughs> present day you watching could. it blank i would have put that song <laughs> in that scene i think because it's perfect it really is perfect also in this movie elliot smith really i didn't catch that pistola i don't know how it's pronounced but that's a pretty cool song it's like a slow sad part i think interesting for the okay. middle, middle end um rick springfield jesse's girl is in there yeah um the part where they're getting the karaoke machine and the dude that played miles on lost uh singing machine. it <laughs> dude they're like obsessed and what is with that guy doing like a weird stereotype at Who, first? Juntao? <laughs> yeah, is that his name? And, and the dude from Lost. Have you seen Rush Hour? He's the dude, uh, yeah, he's the you're dude right. that plays like Sang yeah. from Juntao. Yeah. And he's um, also Miles on Lost. Yeah. Dude's a good actor. That's what I know him from. And then like, uh, yeah, he's doing like a caricature Asian person yeah, thing. And then really going uh, when he it. talks to him under his breath, he's like, Listen, dude, I'll give it to you for thirteen hundred yeah. bucks. And then he pulls out like the, the collar, the bishop's the, collar, the bishop's collar, and then Miles is like, uh, he's like, "Oh, you gotta be kidding me, man!" Yeah, or what? Do that. I was like, "What? <laughs> yeah. Do do priests have some sort of pull in the yeah. karaoke machine buying world?" Like, damn right they do. I guess. <laughs> uh, I wrote down just their names at one point because I couldn't remember it. Brian, Jake, and Anna—that's one of my notes. Yeah, just for their sure. Names. Ben, Ed, and Dharma. 
<laughs> Jenna Elfman. That's what it is. Jenna Elfman. And oh, yeah. Okay. I will not remember it. Okay. I actually looked. I should remember it because I looked it up to see if she's like related to Danny Elfman, the, the like the musician. Composer? Yeah. Or the dude from Oingo Boingo. <laughs> is he from Oingo Boingo? Isn't he? No. What's that guy's name? Could be. Dude, I don't know. Cut this. Uh. <laughs> no, nah, we're keeping it. <laughs> we keep everything. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? A lot of funny cell phone stuff in this too, where like he puts her cell phone in a mailbox. Her phone is microscopic. Yeah, they were real tiny back in the day. And and she's like, there's a quote where he's like, "Don't you ever just want to get rid of it?" And she's like, "I have a relationship with my phone. We have a chemistry together. I can't explain it." Yeah, and Oops. then uh, later in the movie, he gets one, and Edward Norton's like, "You got a cell phone?" <laughs> yeah, I, it's yeah, like, I guess. What? Yeah, it's two thousand. I don't it's know. Kind of early. For I guess phone, that is kind of early. I guess. I don't think I got one until like two thousand six. So I, I mean, we were, much, we were also much younger. That's true. That's yeah. <laughs> I was born in 2001. Whoa. Yeah. A Mike Odyssey. I was waiting for her to have like a breakdown because she's like overworked. She's like working 80 hours a week. Yeah. Splitting her time between these two dudes that she clearly is like a little in love with both of them. But I thought she was going to like way. burn the candle at both ends and like have a Jesse from Saved by the Bell breakdown. Yeah. So did I kind of. I thought that was going to be a, a plot part and she, of it. She plays... I don't know who the young actress that plays like young her is, but mm-hmm. she was really good. Oh, yeah, and she was, was like a very right. like animated, but not like overly goofy. Yeah, like physical actor. Right. Um, and it was believable that they were the same person. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, they they got each other's like style. Yeah, for sure. And I think the little kids got like the nerdy. Like the two dudes are are pretty nerdy in this. I feel like mm-hmm. she they got their style down pretty well. Um, yeah. I'd say the child actors did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote down, so the a theme in the movie is, well, for those who haven't seen it, the basic concept is that these three kids grew up together mm-hmm. and his parents had to move for work or whatever it is out of Adults, New York. Adults, not parents. <laughs> you said as parents? No, I said Anna's parents. Anna's parents. Sorry. I thought you said Anna's parents. They had to. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be weird. Um, but so Anna had to move. Um, the two boys remain friends. Ben Stiller's character was named Jake. I think. Correct. Yep. Uh, and then <laughs> Edward Norton was, uh, was Brian, Brian, Jake and Brian, all American dudes. Um, yeah. Uh, Jake becomes a rabbi. Brian becomes a priest and hilarity ensues. A lot of corny, like priest and a rabbi jokes. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Even, uh, when Ed Norton's crying in the bar in the beginning, the bartender's like, wait a minute, rabbi and a priest. I've heard this one before. He's like, no, you haven't. <laughs> Listen, man. Um, and then she comes back into their lives. She visits years and years and years later. She's like a businesswoman, workaholic. Mm-hmm. And uh, they both definitely still have a thing for her. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them can't really act on it. One of them can't really act on it. And then the other one can't doesn't want to act on it because it's frowned upon mm-hmm. as a rabbi and she's just got that job and she's just got that job <laughs> we've all been there right <laughs> tied to the job um do you think but, ben stiller's good at sex hmm well actually that's a hard question because he looks like he does not know what he's doing he's like touching her they were weird close-up of him like touching her like leg yeah <laughs> like it was supposed to be sensual but he's just open palming her cat. you know he might not be i bet ed norton is but yeah, i don't so think ben stiller is that was gonna be the next thing is who would you rather ed norton probably ed norton for yeah. sure um although i would rather go to <laughs> Ben Stiller's sermon in oh, this movie. Of course. <laughs> that was actually a note that I had. So that was a good electric. Um, but I wrote down one theme in this movie is all the old ladies of 
Ben Siller's congregation are trying to set him up with their daughters and stuff like that. They really need to chill. The first lady he goes on the date with, which is like the exercise lady. She's oh, just ca- yeah. she's like dressed up, ready to go out, but she's casually watching exercise videos, <laughs> like just that. on TV. I missed that. That's and I wrote, I "Who ca- just casually watches exercise videos? Creepy old dudes, probably." Um, <laughs> it always just makes me think of Dirty Work. The dad, he's like oh, always yeah. watching the exercise video in that. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, what else I got? I thought so. Like there was the weird thing where she kept seeing the couple like having kinky sex through the window. Yeah, I thought. It was going to work the other way where Ed Norton was going to see her and Ben Stiller going at it through the window somehow. That never really came back into play except until he was. Yeah, he was across the way. He was like, oh, by the way, the sex dude's name is whatever. I need to talk to you, but I can't get there because the doorman keeps beating me up. T-Bone. Which this movie was (laughs) exhausting, dude. dude, T-Bone was uh, he was on the wire. He was really murder murder police. Okay. Wire. Um, so that's something that's, that's something, I guess. Uh, Brian, once he finds out that Anna and Jake are, have been making it for the past couple months or something, like a couple months enough that before he finds out dead in love with him and she's going to not move to San Francisco because of him. And And he becomes like progressively a dick, Jake that is, um, about the whole situation because he doesn't want to like, you know, I guess if you're a rabbi, you're not supposed to be with someone who's not Jewish. But it turns out Homegirl was taking Jew- she, Jewish lessons. Jewish lessons back. on the sly, man. <laughs> um, and then uh, Brian, once he finds out, well, first he tries to, like, console her. Yeah. But he doesn't know what she needs consoling over, basically. She's being kind of vague. He's being kind of vague. He thinks he thinks that she's yeah. into him, but she can't act on it. He's like, don't worry. I'm, I'm okay with throwing in the collar or whatever. Um, <laughs> let's do this. And he tries to kiss her and she's like, what? Yeah. Which I didn't see coming. I thought she was going to be into it a little bit cause she's clearly, she likes him a lot. I definitely, in a different way. Yeah. I definitely thought that maybe she was going to end up being with both of them at some point and yeah. that was going to inadvertently destroy pit them against each lives. other. Yeah. Or destroy both <laughs> their lives. And then at, by the end, maybe none of them were together, but they were all happy friends yeah, right. and she ends up with Ben Stiller basically. And they're all happy friends. <laughs> yeah. So good on Ed Norton. I I was pulling for Ed Norton the whole time. I liked him more. I kind of was Stiller. too. Yeah. He kind of uh, got the shaft. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you notice the scenes with him with just him in it were like filmed differently? I don't know if they were filmed afterward or something, but like he's like having the, a conversation with Ben Stiller, and it looks like they're using a different camera or something like that. I kind of thought that about the the scene in the beginning when he is, you know, forgive my ignorance here but he's walking yeah. with the smoky ball on a chain oh yeah what is that thing called no i don't know um in the church and he's like swinging around and mm-hmm. it has like a slapstick moment where his rope catches fire and yeah. then he dunks his butt in the holy water <laughs> i thought that scene looked a little bit different than the right. rest too maybe so, he was like you were using the goo camera on me for me <laughs> that's gotta be it <laughs> but no it was really just anytime it was just ed norton in a scene he was like he looked a little I don't know if the aspect ratio is different. I don't know anything about that yeah. stuff, but it looked a little different. Maybe. So movie-wise people, let us know what's going on there. <laughs> Hit us up. Uh, but don't watch it. Only if you already know. Yeah. Also, if you told me that Eric has seen this, but I was going to say, besides you, I don't think anybody else I know has ever seen this movie. Me neither. I don't I think even it's watched, popular. I watched the trailer um, before I watched it just because it's like an option you can do on Amazon. Uh-huh. And um, 
it makes it seem like way goofier than it actually is too. Like it took all yeah. the goofy spots from the beginning and basically made that the whole trailer. So you're like, oh, it's like a funny, yeah, whatever. It's but, a hilarious romp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I thought was really weird is that Ben Stiller shows up to his hearing wearing a goddamn leather jacket. <laughs> what is he doing? True. <laughs> it's like a priest. Or no, he's the, the rabbi. My bad. I like the lady that played his mom too. Yeah, she's Mrs. pretty good. Mrs. Robinson from The Graduate. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's. I feel like she's even been in other stuff as yeah. she was older too, but For I sure. can't remember what. But she's pretty good. It creeps me out in movies when they use people's like actual photos from their life. Like they look through a photo book. Oh of hers. yeah. I don't. That makes me feel uncomfortable for some reason. That's weird. Is it like? I wonder if it's always like. Uh, do you have any like old photos of yourself you could provide for the scene yeah. or something like that? And even like, um, were there younger pictures of Ben Stiller and stuff too? I can't remember. Of Ben Stiller, or maybe just the kid that played were, young yeah, him and stuff. But I mean, that's definitely like a thing that happens a lot in movies too. Yeah. Um, um, overall, did not care for this one. <laughs> no, didn't like it. I still don't understand what. Why did they need the karaoke machine? What was the event at the end? No, they were they were making a joint business where it was going to be the first ever like uh was it catholic and jewish karaoke lounge wasn't oh, it something God. like that see that's i don't know yeah i, I think also i don't care <laughs> they were they they reference that early on in the movie yeah so the whole time they're just working towards making this club God, essentially they have the smallest tv for it that was like one <laughs> yeah. thing at the end when they show them like finally putting the finishing touches on it that i could not keep yeah. my eyes off of it was like a tv as big as my phone like it was so tiny real small yeah this is a scene um i was trying to pull this up a second ago so if you heard a glitch that's my bad but i'm gonna show this to you real quick this dude is the best extra i've ever seen um just listen for the woohoos that's this guy right here <laughs> <laughs> that's the guy in the other building yeah nice. no no this is the, one of their co-workers oh okay uh he's just standing there with a glass going Woo-hoo! <laughs> like front and center he that was probably like the 10th take of him doing that he was so by so then he was just phoning it. it in yeah didn't feel natural anymore <laughs> Um, I like. I think I really like Jenna Elfman as an actress. I like her too. She, just, really she definitely isn't in enough stuff anymore. I don't know that she was ever in a whole lot. Yeah, Norman I think, Greg. I think I looked. And it then up. she had. She was in like. She's been in a lot of TV shows. She was in Can't Hardly Wait as the Angel, and I don't know what that is in Can't Hardly Wait. In the part in the parking lot. She's like crying. She's dressed as an angel. I don't know. I don't really. Remember. I don't and she that. needs like a ride or something like that. I can't remember. Huh. I haven't watched that one in a while, but it's. It's who, yeah, I, I remember that because she has like a little crappy halo like on a stem wire okay. and like wings and she's oh. like crying in the parking lot and somebody tries to like console her or something. I can't remember yeah. which character it is though. Well, maybe if we do this, like, that movie in the future, we'll try either. We could find something to do that. Like the, re- yeah. the replacements can't hardly wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not emo, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Final thoughts? Final thoughts. Not a very good movie. Yeah. Pretty good album. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be the case for good balance. Well, and I mean, like it's. I think it's important for us to have the balance because if it went one way or the other, we would uh, be overwhelmed. Yeah, either way, already kind of overwhelmed. I think we did a double header this week to let the cat out of the bag. So next week when you hear us, <laughs> oh yeah. boy, oh Mike, what did you? Uh, did you snack today? What was your snack pairing for this episode? My what was your food pairing prior f- to this episode? I got uh, chicken fingers from Liberty Choice. And I'm currently drinking something called 
uh, Get Comfortable from Creature Comforts Brewing Company in uh, Athens, Georgia. How is it? It's pretty good. You want to try it? I'll try it later. Okay, cool. Off air. What about you? What are you snacking on? Um, I had a two ninety nine falafel sandwich from Liberty Choice. So they brought that on in February That's as so good. yeah, they brought on the falafel sandwich at two ninety nine for a, a, a Valentine's Day snack. Yeah, and they just they've kept it. Yeah, they were saying the like one smart week. Smart move. Yeah, it's awesome. I remember that. That was when they reopened. They, yeah, it was right after the Eagles parade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they and they then, became cousins and then tore the sign down. Shut down for a day, reopen stronger than ever. Yeah, with the two ninety nine falafel sandwich, baby. Hey. Go check it out, Liberty Choice. And then, and then I'm drinking. <laughs> Do they have a website? Uh, I'll make them one. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, and then I'm drinking a raspberry lemon kombucha. Awesome. How is yeah. it? I don't like kombucha. It's pretty good. It's a good flavor. Respect. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, here's the other song. I, I played Madison Prep before. Because I'll play Monachetti this time to take us out. Cool. All right. Monachetti to take us out. Bye. Got a nice ring to it. That's going to be our catchphrase every week. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening.